real quick. We go, we do these every week. We remind you. The word is our first goal, being in the word every day. Second, living by the spirit. And that's a for some of us a minute by minute thing, man. Sometimes I need it every minute. Uh, generosity is a big one. And then relationships. And we do our relationships multitude of ways, but one of them is going to be the Thanksgiving potluck, potluck, so bring good food. Um, generosity, I want to go over this real quick because we're going to have Pastor Pablo come next week. And we already mentioned that, and we said we want to have a good, uh, a good gift for him, so you guys be thinking about that. But we also have other missionaries that we support through, through you. We, we give about 10% of all the tithing off- offering that come in on top of any missions giving. We give that to our missionaries as well. And one of our missionaries has given us an update. Her name is Kimber Step. Do you guys remember Kimber? Yeah, she's in India, and she's going to kind of go over some stuff with you, but uh, she sent us this update, and it's, it's really cool to see what, what some of our funds are doing to help them get Christ in India to the people there. So watch this video. Hello, friends. My name is Kimber. I'm working in India. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about what God is doing here and ways that you can be praying for us while we're here. So um, I'm working, we're working in a way where we're making relationships with people, and then through that, we're able to share with them about Jesus. And so two of the ways that we're using mainly are a coffee shop and um, a local gym. So I always joked around before I came to India and said I would never work out unless someone would find Jesus from it. And then I came here and they said, you need to work out because that's how you make friends and that's people find Jesus. So I'm working out now and um, also working at the, not working out, but helping out at the coffee shop. Um, And so we've been making a lot of friends, and there have been um, two friends who have made decisions, which is awesome. And we have a lot of other friends who are on their journey um, to discovering what does it mean to know Jesus, and what does it mean to um, understand the things that have been said in the past and how they relate to what is happening now. So in India, there's a big disconnect between what it means to follow Jesus um, in their minds and what it actually is due to things that have happened in the past and the different rulers that they've had. And so it's really um, difficult sometimes as you're peeling away layers of belief that aren't true so that you can show truth. Um, But it's been going really good. We have um, different things that we do um, in order to share. So we have on Sundays a, um, a thing called Truth Talk in which we sit down, tell a story, or we ask a question that could lead us back to faith. And um, we listen to people share their opinions. And it's so interesting because our friend group is so diverse in that we have Muslim friends, we have Sikh friends, we have Buddhist friends, we have atheist friends, we have Russian Orthodox friends. We have so many who all sit around in the same room and talk about where, what is truth or where do we get our values from or sharing the story of the prodigal son and how does that relate to our life. Um, and so it's been cool seeing how people have been discipled before they ever make decisions. And one question I've always, um, I was asked as we've started learning this new method of sharing was when did the disciples who follow Jesus make decisions to follow him? Because if you look at it, there's no clear moment. It's more of they got on the journey and then they realized at some point that he was the Messiah. And so with our friends, it's been that way. As they're on the journey and as they're beginning to be discipled, they're starting to realize and change and it's so cool. Um, So... Just some things you can be praying specifically for is the need is so great here and I could spend my entire life here and only reach a fraction of India and so just praying for one more people to come and two for the local believers here to rise up and have that same passion and that same driven personality 
um, to go after those who don't know. And then you can also be praying specifically in that. I've started Pilates classes, um, which is really exciting, with a new lady, and I don't really know her yet, but I can see how God has just placed her in my lap. So today we had our first class, and then we stayed for an hour after just talking. Um, so you can pray for Tina, and that um, this relationship will continue to blossom and eventually be able to be shared through. And then also pray for all of the friends that we already have who have heard and um, are on this journey but are wrestling through different things of how does this look in their culture and what does it mean to follow Jesus in a culture that um, makes that very difficult. And so pray for that as well. Thank you so much for all of the support that you've been giving. And I would love to hear from you guys. Um, if you want to send me an email or add me on Facebook and message me. Um, just to hear about what God's doing in your life, and then if you want to know more, to share more with you about ways you can be specifically praying for India and what God is doing here. Thank you so much, Zoe Lakeland. I love you guys so much, and I miss being there. So, you guys have a good church. <laughs> love it. Bye. Father, we pray for Kimber right now in the name of Jesus, that you would make her steps ordered of the Lord, that you would place her in divine locations and make her effective and... Um, draw people to her. Give her favor that people would want to be around her and they would want to listen to the, the way she presents your love. Use her mightily. Uh, anoint some of these conversations that she's already been having with other people, uh, some of these friends. Anoint this Pilates class. Uh, anoint uh, this coffee shop. Be with her. Make her effective. We bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple things uh, you need to know. I'm going to try not to miss all of the announcements that I have to make right now. I'm sorry. One, Kimber. Um, we love Kimber. She's such a wonderful woman of God. If you know her, you know this girl's dynamic. Um, she asked us to make sure that you're aware of something. If you friend request her on Facebook, we need you to understand that she is in a, uh, an area that is not safe for her to be open about the gospel. And what that means is, um, as her as a missionary, she can't let people know that she's there to be a missionary. Um, that would endanger her ability to be there and possibly her life. And so don't mention anything on, on social media about what she is doing specifically. Did, did, I, say, did I say that correctly? All right, two, um, Pablo uh, is coming next week. And uh, some of you guys don't know him, but we're asking that you would pray about something that you could do to bring an offering for what God is doing for him. Currently, I, I don't know. So what God has asked me to do is not necessarily give to multiple missionaries, uh, but to give to a few. And what I mean by that is that we want to find people that are effective in the last days on earth and have relationship with those people and do life with them. And so Pablo is someone that what God has asked him to do, he's been deliberate very normal in, in presenting the gospel. I mean, he's just, you'll see next week, he's funny, he's weird, he's, he's normal. He's going to fit right in here, but he's effective. In the last eight years, we planted one church, and he has planted 26 other churches. And with that vision that God has given him, God has given him a lot of favor. And I'm asking that we, above and above, above our tithes, would present an offering. And so I'm hoping that the Way Community Church would come up with at least $10,000 to put in his hands. He needs to raise $400,000 in the next um, couple of years.
couple weeks to do something that God has put in his heart. And um, he's coming to the way. And I think it would be awesome if we can give him 20, 40,000. But um, I'm, I'm setting the bar at at least 10. And I think that we can do that. Um, it won't, whatever gift we give won't change our lives, but it will change his and it will change many others. So ask what God would put in your heart for that. Third, um, dudes, where are all my dudes at? Arr, arr. Uh, we're going out on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to try to just do something fun. I just want to be around guys. And so um, I'm around children too often. And, they, uh, and so anyways, Tuesday night, we're going to go at 530 on the north side. We're going to go to Moe's and eat. And, um, and then after Moe's, we're going to go see uh, Thor is coming out uh, uh, on Tuesday night. And so if you guys want to come see Thor with us, uh, register right now on the app. Uh, just go on the app and under events, you can register right now for food and so we can save a seat for you and for the movie because we want to pre-buy the tickets on Tuesday night. Tickets for Thor is five bucks. We're just going to see it in regular showtime, whatever. But it, the movie starts at seven. So we need to be there early enough to get seats because it will pack out on Tuesday night. But if you want to hang out with some dudes on Tuesday night, uh, go to the app. Let us know you're planning on being there and I'll buy you a ticket today. So you'll be there. Um, and then 530 Mo's, seven o'clock Thor. The next thing you need to know is, uh, can you get out your phones? Uh, also, uh, we do text this way. That's how we do attendance. We know that you're here. If you don't want us to know that you're here, we did that already. It's good. I don't remember. Uh, uh, I seldomly do. Ask my wife. Um, fantastic. Uh, today, you don't know this, but service we're planning on doing um, very abnormally. And so um, what's nice is because we're a small church, we can do things wrong and do things perfectly right. Does that make sense? No. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, we don't have an order today. Uh, most uh, churches that I've been at, uh, they come out with like the set. and We're going to start at 10 a.m. And uh, at 10.02, we're going to do this. And 10, we don't, we, I have yet to ever pull that off at this church. Uh, and so here's what you need to know today. We don't have planned. What we do know is we're going to play some more music. Um, I'm probably going to talk. And uh, you were going to hear from some other people, and we're going to sometime at the end of that do communion. And the reason why we have not planned that is because I think that when people are gathering together and talking about what God's doing in their life, it should come across kind of ugly and kind of weird sometimes. So uh, if you're new here, welcome to a weird service. Um, <laughs> I do want you to know that I did kind of plan some things, and so if you have something you want to say, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to let you this week. But if you do want to text the church and say, I've got something to say, then we'll thumbtack it and get to you later. Uh, does that make sense? Uh, because this is going to be a full service today if we can get down on time. Father, have your way. And help. Amen. Okay, cool. Here we go. So, um... Uh, we started off with the powerful verse out of Psalms today, and it said, when the Lord brought us back, brought back the captivity of Zion, uh, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with singing, and they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for them. I, I want everyone to know that God has done great things for me. I want you to be careful. Don't fall into the trap that your life is crazy. Don't fall into the trap that everything is all jacked up. Don't go to work tomorrow like Debbie Downer, which you have the ability to do because you're busy. Know that God has done great things for you. And there was a lot of people that would love for God to do great things for them. And someone has to be the one that says, hey, I want everyone to know my life is good. 
a lot of good things happening. Or you could go with the mindset of everything around me is crazy. And no one wants to be with that guy. You don't know what? So anyways, the Lord has done great things for us, and we want to hear about it today. I'm going to talk to you guys. We're going to end with communion today. So I'm going to start with a verse in Acts chapter 2. And, uh, and this is kind of the heart, my heart for this church. Um, I do want our church to grow. I want you guys all to know that. Um, but when I think about our church in the end result, I, I seldomly ever think of our church with more than 200 people. Uh, because I, 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 I want to know everyone here. I want us to be a family. Uh, I would like everyone to know other people and what's going on in their lives. Does that make sense? And so I don't know how we get to 200, but we're trying to figure those things out. We're still looking for a building. And if you, uh, uh, thumb note, if you find one, let us know. That'd be great. All right, cool. Here we go. Uh, so anyways, when the church grew in the book of Acts, uh, there was a, a blueprint for it. And it was really neat. And I don't know if you realize it, but so a lot of us today has the ability of thinking that the church is not growing and that there's this cancer in the world that we live in and everything is bad. There are a lot of things that are bad, but what I want you to know is that the church is still the lighthouse of the world. And it is growing rapidly. And there are people like Kimber that is willing to say, in the prime of my life, I'm not concerned with getting rich and I'm not concerned with getting married and having kids. I'm concerned with getting the mission of Jesus and the love of God into a world that doesn't know Him. And they're, they're going into these dark places and risking their lives so that others may know Jesus. It's awesome. So the, the church is thriving. Um, and since 2,000 years, when Jesus gave His life on the cross, it has boomed. And it is still booming. And with the help of the internet right now, the gospel is going out all over the place. But the blueprint of how it started, we want to make sure... At least I want to make sure that it doesn't change too much. I'm not saying that what others are doing wrong. It's just I want to look more like this than anything else. So we don't want to have, I don't want to pastor a church of 4,000 people, 10,000 people. That's great. I'm not that good. You know what I'm talking about? So, um, but this is what it looked like when it started, and this is really what I would like to look like today. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, uh, Verse 41 says that, and then that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. The very next thing that those 3,000 people did that converted, and by the way, we are seeing 3,000 people give their lives for Christ often. We just left Nicaragua a couple months ago where the whole country gathered in 12 different stadiums to worship Jesus. And more than 3,000 people were converted that day. In fact, every day that week, 3,000 people were converted. And, uh, and so the church is growing and growing and growing, and, and we get to see it. <clears throat> the next day, after 3,000 people were converted, this is what happened. They devoted themselves, the 3,000, new converts. If you want to grow in Christ, these are the things that have to become priority. I'm sorry, hold on. Before I read this verse, can you pull it down for one second? Before I read this verse, I, I love all of you. Uh, I, I have this massive heart for our church. I, I get burdensome. I, oftentimes, uh, I get anxiety in my life because I love so many of you and want nothing else but for you to grow. But you have to know, I hear people all the time say, you know what, uh, not here, but maybe here too. I go to another church because the pastor doesn't feed me good enough or the worship band isn't playing the songs like they used to or things are just changing. Here's what you got to know. I really want our church to grow. You're not going to grow because you're hearing a good sermon. I don't know if you realize that. 
T.D. Jakes can show up here today, and it doesn't mean you're going to grow this week. <laughs> if there's a better preacher than T.D. Jakes, I'd like to meet him. That dude is, he's good. We can't spoon feed you. There comes a point in your life where you have to realize, like a baby has to learn how to feed themselves, right? And we can't nurse you anymore. You've, you've got to choose to do these things or not. This is how the church grew. I don't know if you know this, but the church isn't this building, it's you. And this is how 3,000 people began to grow. This is the blueprint for you to try to accomplish this week in your life. Can't say it any better than that. Others may be able to say it better than that. But for what you guys pay me, that's as good as you're getting it, all right? There you go. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe with the many wonders and signs that were being performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying all the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. So the blueprint was, let's get together and talk about the good things that God is doing among us. Let's get together and pray. Let's get together and remember that Jesus died for us. If there ever comes a moment in your life where you have graduated, that the cross has become boring, you have missed the entire gospel. If we aren't fascinated with what he did there for me, you, you don't get the picture. And so we get together to talk about what he did for us and how that's changing our life. I, as a human being, believe that there is nothing more life-changing than when somebody loves us and I find everything that I need in everything that he gave for me. That is all enough for me to sacrifice for my friends. It's all enough for me to change my bad habits, to change my lifestyle. Everything that I find in him is more than enough for everything that I need in my life. And so the blueprint is, let's get together, let's pray, let's, let's remember communion, and let's talk about the good things that he's doing. Hey, if someone has a need, we won't be selfish, we'll give. If you're not generous as a Christian, you don't understand that God gave everything, and that's what we do. We give just like He gave. Consumerism is infiltrating the church, and we as people are trying to consume. The heartbeat of God is to give, and the more your heart is on beat with His, you're giving also. Does that make sense? we got to get together, we got to break bread, and we got to share. We got to get together. We got to break bread. We got to share. We got to pray. We got to give. We got to help. Gary, where are you at? Come on. So, today, we've got some stories to tell you here. I have no idea where this is going to go. I have no idea what he's going to say. But God has done some great things in your life, Gary. Yeah. I would say from the time that you got here and how much I know of all how dumb you were. <laughs> Still am. 
can't, can't fix stupid, right? Uh, 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 Gary, tell me, uh, tell us what 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 God has done in your life. I've never really used one of these, so I don't know how that this thing is weird. Like this, okay, perfect. Um, yeah, we got five minutes. That, that's perfect amount of time for everything. Um, so uh, about ten years ago, I met a friend that. He came to me with a glow. I, I've never seen him like that before in my life. And we sat down and spent probably six hours of him just teaching me the gospel, every line of it, why why we are the way we are. And it took a long time for that to really sink in, but it gave me the years to hear. And over the course of the next couple of years, I, uh, I got out of a bad relationship that was keeping me from friends, family, um, just was really detrimental on my life, and I was going nowhere. I had no purpose, um, and slowly it started leading me to where I'm at now in my life. Um, he brought me my wife, uh, and I literally proposed to her and married her the next day because of the Lord. I found him that same weekend, and it was like I'd never... I'd never felt that way before in my life. He came inside of me. He gave me the ability to uh, feel like there wasn't going to be anything wrong. We had a lot of things bad going on at the time, and he just kept saying, keep doing what you're doing, keep trying, keep struggling, and things will get better. And uh, it is so true that he he blesses you as long as I've gotten a job. I've never had a type of career in my life bouncing from – 27 different type of jobs. I couldn't even explain the different type of jobs I've done. Never found a foot, um, and now I'm I've been placed in a a job that's hard, but I love it. I don't know why. I don't. I I have no clue. But I just I I stand up at outside and I stare up, and the Lord just shines down on me. And I and some days I cry just feeling that. Um, he's teaching me to try to be more understanding. It's not going very well. <laughs> My wife could tell you better than anybody. Um, and uh, I, uh, mostly he's, uh, he's really teaching me to love other people. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I've been learning over, from meeting everybody here and learning is that uh, loving other people is big. And Ever since I've, I was baptized and stuff, I've been meeting people of Christ just randomly that uh, either I influence them in a way that they need or they influence me somehow. Uh, it's really crazy. I've never had that before either where people just kind of show up and they, they happen to be able to lead me a little bit closer to the Lord. Um, and that, that's big because I used to talk about how everybody sucks. I, you know, I'd be driving down the road, somebody cut me off, and I'd, you know, I'd talk about how bad they were. And now I try to remember that, hey, be nice. These are God's people, too. And uh, that's really, really taken me far with my bosses, with my family, with other people that I just randomly meet instead of just having a bad outlook because they look a certain way or something like that. I've been more accepting of everybody. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of my my path that I've been going down, and he uh, he's definitely 
done great things, and I can see it, and I can show anybody. Uh, the, the physical part is there, which I never understood before. I was never taught to have the ears to hear or be able to see him, and um, once I found him, it, it's like it just he kept showing himself physically, not just spiritually or in my heart or in my belly. He literally physically every day shows me that he's there. I don't, I don't need proof anymore. He, and that's one thing that I think was hard for me, and I had to learn it from some guy 10 years ago, my buddy. I, I haven't even, I've seen him once since, and I sat down and I thanked him because it was after I was baptized. I, I had to meet him. Me and my wife went to go. I went, uh, I mean, I introduced my wife to him, and it was just, it's, I could, he, he was so ecstatic that I had found my way and finally been baptized because he didn't, I don't know if he even thought it would happen 10 years later. You know, I mean, like, forever later, it took that long, but just keep trying. Is anybody else trying to find the Lord? Just keep trying. Talk to him, and he'll talk to you. been a lot of change and I see it on a personal level with uh, with Gary and with Crystal um, and what God's doing and, and listen so I did great um, this is Lee he uh, has been with us for a year and uh, uh, just about our anniversary here. Uh, and so anyways, um, when Lee and Tosh came, I said, man, I don't know how you guys fit in here. And I can tell you that uh, what's neat is you have literally just come and served this church. Uh, you have just said, I'm going to be a blessing. And it has been rad because in so many ways, you have been a blessing. And I know that you don't want the praise or anything, but I'm grateful. So anyways, uh, Lee's going to tell his story of what God has done in his life. Thank you, thank you, Tim. Uh, thank you for those kind words. Pastor Tim asked me to speak today about what happened to me in my acceptance of Jesus and who I am today. And I grew up in a Jewish household, and in the Jewish household I grew up in, Jesus wasn't taught. In fact, in a Jewish household, Jesus is rejected. I was at a bar mitzvah when I was 13, and I continued with my Jewish studies, and I want to... You would probably hear me better. Okay. <laughs> so I continued to my Jewish studies after I was bar mitzvahed, and I attended a special class with my rabbi. I learned Jewish law. And in my 20s, I went further in my studies and started studying the prophets. And some of the passages from Isaiah and Jeremiah are ignored and de-emphasized in Judaism, specifically Isaiah 53, Jeremiah 31. And Isaiah 53 speaks directly to a suffering servant. Jeremiah 31 says, I will write the law on your hearts. And then I started to reconcile the fact that you can't follow the law in Judaism. You can't follow it because it's not possible, uh, because God has made it not possible. Two-thirds of all the commandments, and there are 613 commandments, revolve around the synagogue or the temple in Jerusalem, and that doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist because God took it away. And so I started reconciling that, and I started thinking to myself, there's only one way to fulfill the law, and that's through that suffering servant in Isaiah, and that's Jesus. 
And when I was 20, I accepted Jesus into my life. And it changed my life because I saw God. I saw his beauty, his majesty. And the Bible meant something much more to me now that I knew that it was fulfilled through Jesus. And there was a plan, not only for my life, but for the world. And what happened to me? I think I became a much better person. God lived within me. I um, have a beautiful marriage, relationship with my wife. Uh, we have two great kids who have accepted Jesus. Uh, one is a young adult who's going off to college. Another is a great teenager. And um, God has not only blessed my life, but is continuing to refine me with the Holy Spirit. And uh, thank you, Karen. That's so cool. Um, I'm gonna. I have the worship band come back, and um, I'm gonna do one more tearjerker. Uh, JB and Melissa, come on. I don't know where this is gonna go. I just uh, asked uh, that they would come, and so, uh, anyways, here we go. And then when we're done, we'll sing some songs. And we'll do some more testimonies. Praise the Lord. Share our five minutes. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate being put on the spot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So um, I'm really nervous, and of course I did my mascara today. So, you know, God thinks that's funny. Um, <laughs> I don't ever wear makeup, but I did today for this occasion. Um, <laughs> get ready. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people in here know me and um, no JB, but there are a lot of faces that I do not know. So um, I think it was six years ago on Easter that I stood here. Wow. I think you're gonna need this. No, I'm just kidding. I stood here and um, I gave my testimony. And um, I'm not going to uh, give my whole life story, but um, I was married for 12 years and um, my late husband passed away on Christmas Eve in an accident. And my whole life was, um, I grew up in the church, but it was something of a struggle. I 100% believe that um, the devil worked really hard to keep me down. And everything that happened to me, I overcame with God's help. His love, his hands were always there holding me up and pushing me. And when my husband died and I saw him on the ground, my boys were there. It was, it was a terrible accident. But when I saw him there, I knew God's love more than I ever did before. I knew that God could raise him from the dead. As a matter of fact, my dad and my brother were praying and asking God to raise him from the dead. But I suddenly had some peace over me where I knew that he wasn't going to come back. And I had a promise from God that he had given me a few months before that no matter what, he was going to take care of me. And the song that we were singing today and, and this day a lot of times when we worship, I'm crying. I'm crying because I promised God I would never forget where he brought me from. 
I will never forget how when I just thought, oh, I just want to die right now. This day cannot go any worse. I mean, my favorite day of the whole year, Christmas Eve, is just ruined. Like, how can I do this another day? How can I be a single mom with four kids? What? What? How can you love me? And then I just remember he did love me. And he would just show up in the middle of the night. And he would show up in the morning. And every day, not only could I get up, but I actually smiled. And then something else happened. This guy. <laughs> I had a dream one night. And um, I don't know. He would randomly show up and mow my yard and stuff. And I would peek out. And I'd be like, why is he here? <laughs> I have to go say thank you now. But God knew exactly what I needed when I didn't know that I needed it. And I had a dream that I woke up and um, I was married to JB and I had the biggest smile on my face and I was the happiest that I had ever been in my entire life. And I did marry JB, obviously. <laughs> um, and one day I woke up and I just smiled and my dream was real. It, it came true. And Literally every day I wake up, sometimes I need coffee, but every day I wake <laughs> up, I am so thankful. And I could not be more thankful for this guy. I mean, he stepped in and he's, he's raised, he's raised um, the children like they're his own. And when people find out he's their stepdad, they're like, wait, what? Like, he, he loves them like they're his own children. And... Every day I wake up, I see God's love through him. I mean, I know he's not perfect, but the love that he gives us is from God. And I will never forget. I will never forget. I will never forget what God has done for me and for my family and for my children. And the life that we have, I wake up every day with a smile on my face, and I'm thankful because God loves me so much. Okay, your turn. So, you ever lost anything? You know, something that's really important, wedding band, whatever, remote control, something's not important. <laughs> and you start looking for it everywhere, and you can't find it. And then you start looking in stupid places, like the refrigerator, maybe I put it in the freezer. I don't know. That was me. I lost my way. You know, I grew up in the church. We went to the same church didn't even really know each other other than through my best friend so anyways I was looking everywhere for love acceptance all that stuff that everybody looks for and then one day on Facebook I saw this post for the way community church I didn't go to church anymore at all I hated church I hated the people at church hypocrites Everybody's always perfect. So I was like, all right, I'll go to this church. I don't know anybody. I need, obviously, I've gone far enough. I need to go back. And I get here, and it's everybody that I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember sitting back here and I was parked right back here in my truck with Tim talking to him about all the things that I hated about church, smoking my cigarette, you know. Anyway, I liked the church, so I came back, I invited my best friend. I guess that's about two weeks later, huh? He came to church and he rededicated his life back to God. And then two weeks later, he got in his little accident. That was my brother. So through all the heartache that I went through and the anger that I had towards God and all the things that I was looking for and I couldn't find everywhere, I was in training, you know? I might be going all over the place here, but I was in training to learn how to take care of the family I had the greatest responsibility given to me, I feel. Take care of someone else's family, someone else's kids. I mean, how many of you have kids and wouldn't trust them with somebody else? You know, it's, so. We have a beautiful daughter, she's 18. She's always been my girl. She wants to be a missionary. Our son is 14. He's recently given his life fully to God. He wants to be a missionary. The 10-year-old, he's on fire. He wants to be a pastor. I don't know about the other ones. (laughs) I'm sure they'll find their way, though. I say all that. God trained me. God has put me in the position now take care of my family to send my kids where they need to go where they want to go where they're called to go to send me and my wife where we're called to go on our mission trips God has trained us and put us and guided us all these years with this master plan that everybody talks about and the whole time you have no idea you're in this plan and it's everything's just kind of unfolding together And you're reading this book that you have no idea what the end is going to be. It's pretty awesome what God does. Father, we don't don't know what you're going to do with our lives. don't know what you're going to do here today, but we surrender it to you. Would you guys stand with me? Lord, I give you my life. I give you my all. Have your way. Receive our worship. Receive our lives.
I tell you? Uh, I, I love a lot of you people in this church. I really love this couple. I mean, I... You guys have changed my life. I adore everything about you guys. They're so real. They're so honest. They're so humble. They're so meek. And they're so tough. And so, I mean, like, they're just, you guys are right. And uh, I don't even know what's going to happen right now. All right, everyone, bear with me, please. This is my worst fear is talking in front of people. Um, I can't really say anything about where we are now without saying what started this. Nothing before 2011 meant anything. Our lives changed. From that point on, everything's different. Uh, March 10th, 2011, we had our son, Gabriel. He was born 15 weeks early. Man, I just thought about what I was going to say, and I just can't can't get it out. Um, he was with us for 19 days. 19 days of IVs, pick lines, x-rays, cardiographs, not being able to hold him, not being able to touch him. Never could hear him cry but one time on the day he was born. And on that 19th day, we received the phone call no parent ever wants. And that phone call was, you need to be here now because he's not going to make it. We had to make a decision no parent should ever have to. Either prolong his life needlessly or turn everything off. And on that last day, it's weird to say this, but it, it was a blessing because we were able to be there where many people couldn't on that last day. On that last day, we were able to hold him. On that last day, we were able to comfort him as he took his last breath. So that day means more to me than any of the other 19. It's the hardest day, but it was the day that meant the most. Um, I'm going to ramble, so please. I'm, as I get comfortable, I will talk forever. Uh, but that's not where the pain really was. It continued on in the months, what seemed like a lifetime afterwards. You know, anyone that knows this woman knows that her love, her smile, her laughter is, is contagious. That was gone completely gone and that right there was pain that I couldn't deal with I bottled everything up and felt dealt with my grief with anger and hatred and rage because that's all I knew but in those months and this is something I don't share and I've only told a handful of people I only lived for her every night I prayed and begged to not wake up I wanted to die more than anything and it continued for months. I was up to the point of almost 300 pounds. I was smoking three packs a day. And one day, I woke up and that was gone. I wanted to live. I wanted her to live. I wanted to smile. It just, it life changed. And we wanted to once again, or I wanted to once again be there for others. I can't speak for her. 
and that's really the start of what has changed me to help me be the person I am now. Um, I think we all have this plan that we think our life is going to go. And I always felt my plan was to have a family, to marry a great guy, um, and have kids. And God has just shown that that is not his plan. After losing Gabriel, we've now dealt with infertility. However, um, after moving here from Chicago, um, our lives drastically changed. Yes, we became healthier, but we also met amazing people that have brought us back to church shown us God, how to pray, to read the Bible, um, to enjoy each other's company. Um, God is good. And looking back, as we lost him, um, there were great things. Um, we did spend 19 days with him. Our marriage is stronger than ever. Um, and through it all, his plan is going to be better than what I ever imagined, ever. Um, and I can't wait to see what else he brings to us. Um, meeting Tim and Teresa has been wonderful. And Will, uh, Will and Haley have been great. And I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Create a monster, man. Create a monster. <laughs> The one thing I want to add is, is they say we're all born with a purpose. I truly believe our son's purpose was to save us. Because the life we were living then, what we thought was great, really was leading towards a very bad path or ending. Um, the one thing I have to say is, no matter how hard I tried to fail, and I tried to fall, and I tried to quit, he wouldn't let me. Held me up. And anyone that knows me knows I did not live a good life. You know, prior to all this, filled with lies and hate, um, I show God no love. I grew up in a house home where church became a punishment, so I showed no love. And yet, he still wouldn't let me fall. I just want to prophesy over the two of you that... Um, God is going to do great things through your life. There is an honesty and a meekness about you. He is going to bring you into the lives of many. To bring the word, to bring love, to bring honesty, to bring transparency. And you will hold up many people. And Jen, I do believe that there's a call of God on your life. Every time I get around you, I sense it. There's a call of God on your life. That I don't know what to do about that, but there you have it. Again, also doesn't know it's coming, but Rachel, um, we're going to follow that. This is a different scenario, and, and, and Rachel's in a different path. But uh, Anthony, why don't you uh, bring, uh, come on up here with that little, that little, that little fart. <laughs> One of the little farts, huh? right? 
Yeah, you may want to. There's a lot of tissues up here if y'all want to come and get them. We're going to charge for each one, though. We're going to raise money for Pablo. Anthony probably won't be able to talk, but I'll try to talk. I got to turn around. We may go a little bit late today. Is that okay with everyone? We're going to be a little bit late today. Hope those kids are okay um, tonight. Five minutes. We went through a similar walk to where um, we tried for several years to get pregnant. It was a really, really tough road. I can't tell you how many nights I spent on this floor crying with my feet falling asleep with some of these wonderful women around me praying over me, crying tears for me. I grew up in a big family and I always knew that I was gonna be a mom because I was like 15 when my youngest brother was born and I was an instant babysitter. Um, so I, I always had this, this desire to be a mother and when I felt like the Lord wasn't giving me that desire, I wanted to quit. I can't tell you how many times I told Anthony I'm done. I'm done with everything, I can't do it. I, I, I just can't, I can't keep going, I can't. I don't feel strong, I feel the weakest I've ever felt in my life. Last Christmas Eve, we went to Orlando and had a um, procedure called uh, IUI and Christmas Eve, which is crazy. Um, two weeks later, we took a pregnancy test and, and I was prepared, I was ready, I was ready. It's gonna be negative, it's gonna be okay. Maybe, I don't know, but it's gonna be negative and I'm just gonna get through it. And I look on the counter and <laughs> there's two lines and I was like, Oh my God, there's two lines. And he's freaking, he's like, no, 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 no. There's not two lines. I was like, yes, there's two lines. He's like, where's the other pregnancy test? Because <laughs> I took two just to make sure. And so I look and there's two lines on that one. And I was like, oh my God, okay, breathe, deep breath, deep breath. And we just instantly were like, okay, let's just get to Monday. Cause I gotta take, go take blood tests. And then test came back positive. And then we went in to have an ultrasound. And the doctor says, well, good news, you're pregnant. And like, I knew that because I am sick and this is not fun. And he said, the surprise news is you're having twins. And I was like, yes, <laughs> okay. It was more shock than awe. Um, and these two beautiful babies, they keep us up and spit up on me and <laughs> cry and want mommy to hold them and not daddy. Um, because supposedly they like me better. That's what dad says. Um, are the result of God's promise. These babies are God's promise to me and to my husband. Something we prayed for for a long time. And the responsibility now that's on me is overwhelming to raise them in God's house, to raise them knowing how much he loves them. That's our responsibility now. And that's y'all's responsibility too. Amen. That we are a body and we're a family, as Tim said, and lifting each other up in different times and different uh, situations. I don't know where else to say. <laughs> Round of applause. I'm going to pass out communion real quick, and 
I'm going to talk for a minute. We'll pass out communion, and then we'll end with a song, whatever that song is, and we'll, and we'll dismiss. That's how it's going to go. Uh, as these elements are going out, let me just kind of try to wrap this thing up here. We had some others that were prepared. And, uh, I know that, like, so all of us are here in different levels and different places in our relationship with God. Some of them are, are great, and some of us are in a situation that's not so great. Some of us are doing great with the Lord. We would say today, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with Jesus, and some of us are saying I'm, I'm bored. Some of us are financially awesome. And there's some here that don't know how they're going to pay the lights. And I, I want you to know that it's the same God that walks with us. And that's what I think the theme of this is, is that you have to know whatever season you're in, that he's been faithful to you. He has done great things for us, regardless of we've been faithful to him or not. There's this scripture in Timothy, and uh, the apostle Paul is saying this. He says that even when we are faithless, he is still faithful. And I, I, I love it. And right now there's some folks in here and, and you don't know what he's doing or, or, or how he's going to do it. I want you to know that if you'll surrender, he can do great things. All I know is in my life that he took these ashes and he made something great out of it. I destroyed my life. I remember waking up on the side of a, on the side of a busy road one day covered in vomit. I had drunk myself so crazy. I blacked out. I didn't even know how I got there. And here I am. God has he's done great things. Yeah. I'm going to read you a verse. This is how we're going to end this. It's a communion verse. It's pretty popular. It comes out of the book of Luke, chapter 22, and it starts off with saying this. It said that... Um, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles, they reclined at the table. I love this. When, they, when, that, when the hour came, all these guys got together and reclined. <laughs> That's like my favorite hour ever. I can't wait after church, I'm going to recline. And he said to them, Jesus said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffered. And I don't know if you understand, but the heart of God, right before Jesus died, he had this dinner. He planned this dinner. It's, scripture says that I've eagerly desired to eat this dinner with you. Today, this is you're eating the same dinner. What he's trying to say is, what I really want is just to be with you. All I really want is just to be with you. All I really want is just to be with you. And so wherever you're at in your relationship with God, I want you to know that you're fulfilling his desire right now. I just be in there. How do I know? Because I'm a dad. And I know my son could be as bad as he wants, but when he's with me at the end of the night, it's a good day. He just wants to be with you. Then he tells the story about something that's pretty crazy. He said, can we get some of those for these guys and myself? Can I get some? No. Yeah, I'll steal yours. <laughs> no soup for you. Here we go. Um, and so uh, the story goes that Jesus, um, he said that I'll tell you uh, that I won't eat again until 
it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks. And he said, take it and divide it among you. For I tell you that I won't drink again until the fruit of the vine and the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And I love what he's talking about. He's talking about future and past all in the same moment. In the future, I want you to do this looking back. I want you to move forward looking back. I want you to move forward looking back. I want you to move forward looking back. And I think that's got to be the model for everyone's situation here today. Do this in remembrance of me. He take the bread and he broke it. Would you partake here this morning? I wish I would have planned this song. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to say it. There's an old hymn that says, The cross before me, the world behind me. That's how I move forward. That's how I've been successful. That's how I've changed my life. The cross before me, the world behind me. And he took the cup. This is the symbol of the blood of Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. Before we sing, would you all bow your heads and close your eyes real quick? As I sit here, I don't I don't know if it's prophetic or not, but I really get a sense that there's about four people here right now, and your life isn't right with God. Maybe things are dark, maybe they're not. Maybe things are just boring. But you don't think your life is surrendered to the plan that God has for you. Really get a sense that right here, right now, God wants to do something. He wants to wipe away everything else that's happened and He wants to start right now in your life. Forget the expectation that you had on yourself. Forget the expectation that others have on you. Will you let Him love you? looking around this room right now I believe the spirit of God is knocking on your heart Jesus said behold I stand at the door and I knock and anyone that opens that door I'll come in you may know God you may have walked away but you're here today and you're not right and you know it if that's you see I feel like God's talking to me right now would you raise your hand I just want to pray for you God bless you bless you. Wow. Wow. I had no idea. I get a sense that there's like two more right now. I don't know, man. Um, But this is where your heart's really going to be racing right now because you're fighting it. Is there anyone else? Don't let it pass you by. When I think about the story of Kyle, right here he changed his moment. Two weeks later his life changed, literally. Don't let a moment like this pass you by. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you for when you said and you prayed for us. You said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I thank you that a lot of times in my life I didn't know what I was doing. And 
right now as I stand before you, I still don't know what I'm doing. But I know that I want to know you. I know that I've never found love in my life more than the love that I find in you. Change me, God. Wash me in your blood. Make me new. I want to be the person you want me to be. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me your Holy Spirit. I give you my life this day, God. Lead me. In Jesus' name. The next thing that God would do in your life would be to lead you into greater community with people. I invite you to come out this Wednesday night for our last small group. Would you sing this with me before we close? I can't get enough. Jesus. No, I can't get enough.